Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler. And this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. So in the last episode, we talked about dealing with difficult managers. And in this episode, we're going to look at the flip side of that and talk about dealing with difficult employees. I'm going to start and talk about a couple of different employees I've had that were difficult. And in this scenario, you know, I've dealt with a lot of difficult employees, but one of the first things I do when I'm dealing with someone who's not following through on requests or there seems to be misinterpretation and miscommunication is I start talking to them about their skill set and what they're interested in. And I often find that it's a skill set issue, like a training issue. And that I feel like is something that can be fixed. I've talked a little bit about the situational leadership model in previous seasons and how you map folks based on sort of their willingness and ability. Are they high or low in their willingness to do a job? And are they high or low in their ability? So I've had a lot of difficult employees who were low in ability, but high in willingness. And and that was what was difficult was that I had to spend more time training and developing them to grow the skill set, or they were willing and they were learning as they started to grow the skill set, but they had chosen the wrong career path and went elsewhere. But the stories that I want to share today are when I dealt with difficult employees who were low on that willingness, because for me, that is more difficult to work with when they're not really willing to work harder and learn. So I had a couple of different employees in both cases is the similarity was that neither one really wanted to get much work done and really did the minimum requirement per day. One of the differences was that one employee I managed, they were remote, located in a different city on a different time zone. So I didn't see them day in and day out. But with technology, we were online and you can see when somebody is available and when they're not. And I knew exactly how much work this person had. It was a temporary assignment that I was their manager because it was in the management consulting world. But the person was 100% dedicated to the work that I was leading and we were sort of navigating navigating ambiguity about what it was going to look like together. So at the beginning of this work on a day-to-day basis, or maybe I would say actually more on a weekly basis, they sort of gave them a set of things to do. Now with the other person, we were in the same city in the same building. They came in every day. We sat very close to each other in our cubicles. And this individual was at their desk all day, every day, but I would catch them all the time, you know, chatting with friends, looking at YouTube videos, you know, she was very into making sure that she looked professional and nice, but she would be, you know, filing her nails at her desk instead or putting on her makeup instead of doing the work. And I could see it directly in front of me. So it wasn't like she was necessarily trying to hide it. The other employee who was remote was trying to look as if they were working constantly and maybe didn't understand that it was quite obvious they were not. So in the situation with the employee who worked remote, the person was asked to complete things, never completed them on time, always completed them a few days late. And whatever it was that I had asked them to complete would not be at the level of quality that would take them multiple weeks 
to do. So like I said, we were starting a project, trying to figure out our approach. And so there was a presentation that I had this person do and some research that I had them do. And I wanted them to write it up in a Word document, kind of an outline of some of the research and findings. And when they sent it to me, I gave them a week and it was all they had to do. And they needed a couple of weeks. And when it was sent to me, it was one page, like two paragraph summary. And the PowerPoint presentation that I was provided with was just bullets on slides. So I didn't understand how they spent so much time and that was all they had come up with. But I did reapproach and try to see if it was a skill set issue, but I could tell, even though it was remote, that this person wasn't really interested in learning. So it wasn't working well. And I raised it to my supervisor. And then as time went on, this individual started having a lot of time where they were out of the office and not available to do things. And so my interest was piqued because the employee was new and I understood that they didn't have a whole lot of PTO because you accrued it over time for the company that we worked for. So I was thinking, wow, I mean, maybe they negotiated to where they have a month of time off in their first year. But I raised it again to the manager who actually, because we were management consultants, we had to keep time sheets because we bill our clients at an hourly rate and we have to document how many hours we've worked. And this person was documenting that they were working. So that became a bigger issue. And when the person returned, I had been told by my manager to talk to them about it. And I did. And they said that they didn't understand the filling out of the timesheets. So we talked about it and I taught them that. And I, I think that stopped that behavior, knowing that someone was checking. But the behavior of producing things that weren't what I requested or at the level of quality that you would expect for the time allotted continued. And I continued to try and coach this person and I didn't see them making any progress or at least not proactively trying to clarify expectations, ask for examples, those types of things. So I again raised it to the manager and I told the manager, hey, look, this is just not the right fit. So we can move this person elsewhere if you have room for them. And that manager really listened to me and supported me and ended up moving this person to a new project where the same things happened again. And so it was only a couple of months after they had left my project, which I want to say they worked for me for three months, that they were let go from the company. So the person was managed out. And I think it was mostly because of the dishonesty and kind of the inability of multiple people to coach this person because they had been with someone before me as well. And so in that case, I managed in both cases, I worked towards managing the people out and I do try to give them a few opportunities. I would say when Justin and I talk about soft skills, one of the big rules, I guess the number for me is three. I will, if I'm project managing, I will follow up with somebody who owns an open action item three times before I will escalate. If I don't like the direction we're moving with a decision or a strategy, I will try to bring the risk up at least three times before I let it go and just to commit to the direction we're going. And likewise, when I am working with somebody who is difficult, I will try to navigate that difficulty and I will raise it a few times before I go, okay, it's time for me to manage this person out. It's not working. I've spoken to my 
supervisor about it three times now. I've gotten their feedback. I've tried their feedback. The issue continues. And so in that case, the person was managed out well. Now, in the case of the employee that I had who, you know, we were in cubicles, two cubicles between us. I could see them daily. They were talking on the phone. They were blatantly not working. It was almost, it almost felt a little bit like, I don't know, was she daring me to do something or say something? I was not sure what the intent was, or if it was just oblivious. I knew that this employee had issues with their previous manager, and that's why they had been given to me. And so I spoke with her about it on multiple occasions in a professional way, moved her into a separate room to discuss what needed to get done, where we were lagging. And so this individual's role, actually, we were in a healthcare setting and she was responsible for intaking of the patients and clients. So she needed to be on the phone. And what I had found out was that her phone, the ringer on the phone had been silenced and she would just listen to voicemails and call people back. Then we played phone tag with people and some people would give up and we didn't have as many patients as we thought we would have, we noticed the numbers were going down. And I realized that it was associated with her playing phone tag and not being available during the hours that we were open to do the intake for them. So I spoke to her about this and she did start picking up the phone, but she really had an animosity toward me. I don't think she liked authority. We were the same age, both in our mid twenties. I don't think she liked that. And I remember overhearing her conversations with colleagues and she didn't like her job. She didn't like talking to the patient. She didn't like doing their intake. She was frustrated by it. And so I knew she was just not in the right role, but I would try to bring that to her as well. Can we find you a role in this company elsewhere? And she wasn't interested. She didn't want to work with it. And I brought it to the manager my manager. So two levels up from her and my manager that I'm going to talk to her about it and did talk to her about it. And that seemed to infuriate her more that I had raised the issue. And there wasn't much I could do when my manager wanted to talk to her. What I thought I was doing was getting counseling and coaching on how do I help this person improve? Here's what I've tried. I'm out of ideas. And when the boss said, let me talk to her, I, you know, I just kind of thought, all right, he's going to step in and help here. Well, it didn't go well. And she pushed back even more. And it was very passive aggressive in nature. We started to go back to not answering the phones and those kinds of things. And so I went back to the manager, said that it hadn't worked. And the manager called this employee into their office again. And this time the outcome of that conversation was that the manager then pulled me into their office and said, she's just going to report directly to me. And I thought, okay, it was a little bit like, I, I thought it was odd, but I knew that I had tried my hardest. So I also remember thinking, I didn't like that it was taken away from me, but at the same time, I, I remember thinking, you try, I wanna see you try. I wanna see how this works out because maybe I'll learn from how this goes. Well, what ended up happening was that over the course of six months to a year, this employee actually came back to me talking about what a terrible boss we had and how she liked working for me so much more than him. And maybe she could come back to me. And I said, I don't think so. You know, I, I think this is how it is now. He doesn't want me to take any of his employees, anybody who's reporting to him reports to him and anybody new coming in reports to me, which there had been conversations about if she did that, if she wanted to come back to me, because I knew that the manager was starting to experience the same things I had and getting frustrated with her. 
And so she potentially could have come back to me, but that was not what I was interested in. So what happened was she actually eventually quit and the manager was thrilled. And the manager (laughs) said to me, all right, next time this happens, I think we're going to spend a little bit more time talking through and I'm going to understand a little bit more. So when I have difficult employees who fall under that, they're not really willing to listen, learn, grow, managing out is my go-to. But I share those two stories because in the process of managing a difficult employee out, there are other voices in that process that impact the route in which they move through. And while it was more frustrating for me to have to wait a year or so for the employee who I saw in person who was filing her nails and only a few months for the employee who was stating that they were working when they were not. I learned equally through both processes. And I was glad that I was patient and willing to, you know, not try to control the outcome and and be like, well, they have to get out of here now. Escalate it. I appreciated that my manager stepped in and took over. But I also thought, had I not been open to however this goes down is how it goes down. It's out of my hands now. I've done my part, maybe I would have felt more frustrated and walked away. So we think one of my big learnings was raise the risk and try to manage them out, but be open to the steps and the process that you follow to manage a difficult employee out, because it's not always going to be the same, but often the outcome will be. When you think of those two key examples, which one did you struggle with the most? Oh, definitely the one where the, the manager said, well, you know, she'll just report to me now. Yeah, that was hard. That was a blow because I guess I thought the manager was helping me, teaching me. And then I didn't know, you know, I didn't ask and maybe I should have, but it was my first job out of college. I was pretty young. I was trying to impress people and I didn't know if that was reflective on me or her. And so it was hard for me to question. Whereas with the other employee, I felt like I got the support I needed right away and they were managed out pretty quickly. But the one where she stayed, I mean, she was still there. I would say for like, it was like an 18 month process. Oh man. That was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Six-ish months, I would say, for me to figure out this is not going to work and she really just doesn't even want to work here. And then a year for my manager to start overseeing her and push her out the door. It's odd because when he said he was going to manage her, I'm like, okay, so is she getting a promotion now? Are we on the same level now? Is she my colleague? But overall, it was pretty flat. It was like the department, there were maybe 30 of us and it was like 25 of us reported to him and the other few reported to me. So I let that go pretty quickly. But I also, I knew that it didn't matter who her manager was. She was not willing to do the job and she wasn't interested and it wasn't a good fit. So I remember thinking, well, let the person who has the power to push them out because I really wasn't high enough up in the or take over. Regardless of whether this is an individual who wants to learn and grow or whether this is a person who's, who's not interested, I wonder kind of what guidance you were given from your leaders and supervisors or what guidance you would give a manager or supervisor who's dealing with a difficult employee, regardless of the scenario about how, how they should document, record, establish the baseline, and then figure out a performance improvement plan, key actions, and really make a determination about whether this person should stay or go. What thoughts do you have there? 
Well, a common mistake is wanting to avoid the conflict and be transparent and letting animosity grow between the supervisor and the employee. So the biggest thing I learned and was told by both managers was that I needed to sit them down, approach it, and really be clear on what the expectations were and where they were and were not meeting those expectations. You know, I was a new manager with that, with the first employee who was pushed out over 18 months. It was actually my very first job out of college. And so it was really difficult for me to try and have those conversations. But I knew that if you're not clear in that then you can't realistically have an expectation that they're going to change in the way you want them to. They're not mind readers. So you have to sit down and say, these are the expectations of the job. Here's where I think you do well and where your strengths are. And here's where we have to see improvement. And then for me, it was about documenting a plan to get to the improvement, following up via email, and then If that agreed upon path to improvement isn't working, then it's having those follow-up conversations and you come out of that and send an email summarizing what was agreed to. And that's how I had built my documentation. Now, with the guy who was working remote in another city, he kind of helped me out with documentation by putting in his timesheet that he was working when he had sent me an email saying he was on PTO. Yeah. You have to know when you're working with someone who's figured out pretty quickly that they were being dishonest and the girl who I was overseeing and slowly got pushed out, she was being blatant about <laughs> not working, you know, turning her ringer off. I mean, she just told me that. And I had to tread lightly and be thoughtful about what my approach would be and how to speak to them because you don't want to go to war with them. You don't want the person to be going over your head to the manager saying that you are difficult, right? And that did happen. I don't believe that it happened with the guy who was managed out pretty quickly, but with the female colleague who took a while to push out, when I had gone to my supervisor for help, then I did find out from him eventually after she left that she also came to him to launch a complaint, but it was only after she found out that I had gone to him about her. And so I had this recognition of, oh, it can get petty (laughs) if you don't have sort of the awareness of that. And it really helped make me more cognizant of what I was saying and how I behaved around them, because I knew that I didn't want that difficult employee to have any leverage or documentation. We just needed the documentation to push them out. And we didn't need to give them reasons to say that I was part of a toxic work environment or something like that. So to get angry or frustrated with them just wouldn't work. And so you really have to go, how do I want to say this? How do I approach them in a way that they can hear me? And then to make sure you cover different communication styles because everybody in a conversation walks away with hearing something different. You've got to go slow, make sure they understand, and then follow up with email documentation. Yeah, that's really helpful. You know, one thing we we didn't really have time to talk about on this particular episode is there are those employees that do turn the corner. There are those difficult, challenging employees and any number of factors can play into what's behind some of the behaviors. And I think as Lindsay has demonstrated in a couple of her narratives, we need to be curious about our people. We need to understand or at least try to understand what's going on. And the two instances that Lindsay provided, one probably just didn't want to be there and the other person 
not quite sure what was what was going on with the other individual, but I think there are those cases where you know a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of question asking, a little bit of probing, and the result can be quite different. You can have an employee that will turn around. I recently had an employee who's really doing a bang up job now, but was walking through the death of his mom and really struggling with that life event. Really conscientious, thoughtful individual, but gosh dang. You're dealing with the death of a parent. It, it's a tough thing to kind of want to come into the office and show up every day. No, I think that's really helpful. I would just recommend folks stay curious, assume positive intent, and then make sure you're you're documenting and you're communicating clearly both up and down the chain and give them every opportunity to perform or, or make a decision to go elsewhere. It's better if you come at it as a team. Yep. That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to access additional resources such as case studies, tips and tricks worksheets, trainings, articles, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter, and more. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.